Good morning, brothers and sisters. We extend a warm welcome to everyone who has joined us in church this morning for the worship of our triune God. And we also extend a special welcome to all the visitors who have joined us here in church this morning or via the live stream. May we all be comforted and encouraged by the preaching of the gospel of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. And may God be praised and glorified by our worship. Consistory has the following announcements. Sister Melissa Van June has informed Consistory that she will be moving to Holland. And since we do not have a sister church relationship with any of the churches there, our sister has requested to withdraw her membership from the Free Reform Church of Southern River in order to join the GKN Church in Hardenberg, the Netherlands. Consistory acquiesces with her withdrawal. And this morning the worship service will be led by Brother John DeVos. Before we commence the worship service, let us sing together hymn 81 verse 1. to receive the greeting of our Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. Receive God's greeting. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us respond to God's greeting by singing this morning Psalm 103 verse 1 and 2. Yeah. 
will now, with all respect, put ourselves under the discipline of the holy law of the Lord, and let us test our lives on it as on the rule of thankfulness, after which we shall respond by singing from Psalm 25, verse 3 and 4. God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall do no work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honour your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbour. You shall not covet your neighbour's house. You shall not covet your neighbour's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbour's. We'll now sing from Psalm 25, verse 3 and 4. Thank you. 
before your throne of grace and thankful as a community of believers that we could be in your house this Sunday morning to worship you Lord our God and our Saviour we are blessed that we can come before you without shame for as we reflect on the past week we know Lord that we are unworthy sinners we have just listened to your law and we're able to quietly reflect on our sins and we're convicted of them we could contemplate how there were countless times when we fell short where we did not honour you in our words or actions, and so we failed to give you the glory worthy of our Creator. Everything we have done this past week, Lord, is tainted with our sins, and we ask that you will forgive us. How humble we are that you look upon us in mercy, and your forgiveness to us is undeserved, and yet you freely give it. We especially thank you that you have led us to the light of your gospel, where your truth is revealed. And as we open your word, we pray that you may be able to worship you with an undistracted heart and so are able to focus on your glorious gospel of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. The sermon which I will read this morning was prepared by Reverend R. Bradenhoff, who is currently serving as a Professor of Ministry and Mission at the Canadian Reformed Theological Seminary. And he has chosen as the scripture reading, Ecclesiastes 11, verse 7 to 12, verse 14. This is on page 663 of your guest Bible. So Ecclesiastes 11, verse 7 to 12, verse 14. Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all, but let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dimmed, and the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low, they are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets, 
before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings they are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Respond now by singing Psalm 71, verse 1, 3, 5, 9, and 10.
text for this morning's sermon is Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1a, where it reads, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. Loved ones in Christ, being young is a special time. I remember it well. And when you're young, you stand at the beginning of something exciting. It's a time for finding your way, a time for putting into practice all those good things you've learned. And if there is one book in the Bible that speaks to the youth, it's Ecclesiastes. You could even say that this entire book is dedicated to the young people in God's church. And this book was written by a wise old man, someone near the end of his days. He had lived to the fullest, even led a luxurious and privileged life. About so many experiences and places, he would say, I've been there, I've done that. But the writer isn't looking to boast, but to teach. For this teacher hasn't been perfect. Along the way, he's made bad choices. Writing with the wisdom that comes with age, his one wish is that the next generation would do things differently. Learn from my mistakes, he pleads. Don't follow the same path that I took. No, my brothers and sisters, he says, here is what is important, some truths that you don't need to figure out for yourself, just take it from me. So today we sit down and listen to the teacher. Try to imagine a scene in your living room at home. You invited the teacher of Ecclesiastes over for a cup of coffee and he's ended up staying for quite a while. There he is in the chair opposite you and full of the Holy Spirit, he is speaking his carefully chosen words. And here's what he tells us. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Three points, the first being remembering, the second, your God, and the third, today. So remembering. As he has told you his life story for the last couple hours, these last 11 chapters, sometimes this old teacher has been leaning forward in his armchair, gazing at you intently. Sometimes he's been staring out the window, a faraway look on his face. Other times, his voice has become quiet as he has reflected. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plan and a time to uproot. But now he has that fire in his eyes again and he looks at you very directly. For he's got something to say and with urgency. Remember your creator, he says. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember, exhorts the teacher, and don't tune me out of that word remember, he says. Don't think I'm going to go on and on about the good old days and how much better things were back then. For the truth is, we don't always like the word remember. If grandpa or grandma or even mum and dad begin a story by saying, when I was your age, or back in my day, the kids start to switch off. Because remembering isn't about life today, it's about yesterday, and yesterday is long gone. And what's the value in remembering? But the teacher means this word in another way. Remembering in the Bible isn't nostalgia. It's not just wishing for things that have long disappeared, like rotary telephones and typewriters and VCRs. The Bible's kind of remembering is far more dynamic and meaningful. It's recalling the deeds of the Lord, 
It's bringing to your mind what God has accomplished. As Psalm 105 verse 5 says, Remember the wonders God has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. And this kind of remembering has a purpose. Remembering God's works builds a bridge from the past into the present, even brings the past back into the present. Remembering God's previous mercies gives us a motive for today's worship, lays a basis for today's trust, provides a reason for today's thanksgiving. Remember, the teacher exhorts, remember what God has done for you, how God has shown you his grace, how has he granted you his blessing? Think about it for a minute and see if you can recall the mighty works of the Lord. He wants us to say it. What has God done for us? Think back and try to remember God's works. Remember how long ago God started a relationship with you and he sealed his covenant with you by the waters of baptism. Remember this too, how God kept all his promises to you from day one, even until today. Remember how the Father provided for you. The Son has cleansed and interceded for you. The Holy Spirit has started to renew and to revive you. Remember that God has always been with you. Maybe you haven't lived that long. Has God ever forsaken you? No, he's been there without fail. Remember this, the teacher says. Remember God's power so you always stand in awe of him. Remember God's faithfulness so you'll always trust him. Remember his covenant love so that you'll know why he claims your life as his very own. Remember the great deeds of God so that you will always be thankful. Remembering with an eye for what God has done turns remembrance into worship. It turns remembrance into a life of service. For if God has given so much, what will you give to God in return? If God has loved you so fully in Jesus his Son, how can you ever withhold love from him? These are the questions the teacher asks every one of us. What is your answer to the God of all grace? And in case we miss the obvious answer, he tells us the fitting response in chapter 12, verse 13. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. It's our whole duty. So keep remembering your creator, the teacher says. Remember him when you've, made, when you've got a big decision to make and make that decision for him. Remember God when you're having one of those days when everything goes right. Know that it's all from him. Remember God in those moments when life seems dark and pointless and know that he is still there with you. Remember God always during all the changes and disappointments and blessings and losses that you'll surely face in the coming years because your loving God will be there to help and to show the way. Remember him, urges the teacher, so that you don't forget because I know how it goes. I was young once too. At one time I was your age and there was a world of reasons to forget God. It was certainly more convenient convenient to forget God and carry on without him. For back then, whatever my heart desired and whatever gave me delight, that was all mine. In those days, I lived apart from God. Sure, I was his child. I had his mark on my skin, just like you do. But I forgot. 
I let my holy knowledge get pushed aside by so many nice things, so many fun things, so many shiny things crying out for my attention. Until after a while, the teacher says, I didn't remember anymore who God really was. And let's face it, we're all inclined to forget. For our time is full of pressures and expectations. We forget, not because our memory is so poor, but because we want to enjoy life, try different things and reach our goals. We forget because we have no time to really pause and remember. With so many distractions, any of us might forget our creator. But don't. Even if your life is full of wonderful and even wholesome activity, even if you think that you've got things figured out, remember your God, for you need him more than anything. You need to listen to his voice in the word every day, and you need to enter his presence in prayer, and you need to be in his house. Take it from me, the teacher says again, I learned the hard way. I lived my life the way that I pleased, and for many years I forgot God. He wasn't far from me, but I was far from him. And along the way, what did I find? I was never more occupied, but found my life was meaningless. I never had more stuff, but my life was empty. I never had more pleasure, but zero satisfaction. For years I fooled myself, thinking I could make it on my own. I was heading straight for Sheol because I was too proud to ask for God's help. I was too busy to pray. I was too focused inward to look to heaven. So brothers and sisters, remember your creator. Remember him because he promises never to forget you. Remember him because he is your God. What do you think about God? That is really one of the most revealing things about the state of a person's faith. What do you think about God? How do you conceive of him? And through the Holy Spirit, the teacher of Ecclesiastes tells us that God is greater and holier, more majestic and awesome than anything you can ever imagine. He puts it very simply for us. He is your creator. It's God who created this life in all its complexity. It's God who made this beautiful earth. He made the expanse of the heavens and the ocean depths. It's God who formed us from the dust of the ground and God who assigned us our place. It's God who planned this entire existence from before the beginning. He knows where all things came from and where all things are going. We all know that, but let it sink in for a moment that God is our creator. What does that mean for your life? What consequence does that have for how you think and for how you act? It means that God owns us. God made us at his time for his reasons. Without God, you wouldn't be here. And that means God has every right to your life and all that is in it. God put you together and the consequence of that is that you're on this earth to do his will. This life isn't actually about us and our happiness. It's not about having a good time, becoming rich and famous or successful. It's about serving the God who made us and who then saved us in his grace. God created you and that means he's in charge of all your days. He decided when you would be born. He's already decided when you'll die. 
It might even be tomorrow that the Creator has set as the day. No man knows when his hour will come. And once you die, the teacher says, you have to answer to your maker. You will appear before him and you'll give an account. Because God is your creator, that means he's also your judge. This is what the teacher told us in the previous chapter when he said, Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these God will bring you into judgment. Verse 9 of chapter 11. God the creator has the right to sit in judgment on everything we've done in this life, whether good or evil, and he will judge us, sure as God is God. But I'm saying this not to worry you, the teacher insists. God being our creator does mean we're totally accountable to him, that we'll have to answer to him for every deed, including every secret thing. Even the things you did when you thought no one was watching, your innermost thoughts. Yet that he's our creator is at the same time a reassuring truth. Remember, he didn't have to create us in his image, but he did. He didn't have to spare us when we sinned, yet he did. He didn't have to give us today to enjoy, but he has. And he's done so with purpose. There's meaning to this life. For somehow the glorious God, the maker of heaven and earth, somehow this God finds pleasure in us. God the creator finds pleasure in us when we put our trust in him. He finds pleasure when we serve him gladly. The almighty God is even glorified through the imperfect worship that we give him. He's honored by us when we serve him in the humble ways that we can. God delights in us when we remember him. How can this be? Why should the almighty creator ever care what weak and sinful people like us thought about God or said or did for God? God doesn't need anyone or anything, least of all us. But this is who God is. He wants a relationship with you and with me. For he is your creator. He is yours. He is the marvelous truth of his covenant of love that God says to us in Christ, I will be your God and you will be my people. God is ours to believe in, to depend on, to serve, to obey, to love. He is ours and we are his. We are his people to protect to guide, to bless, and even to save us. And that's something you understand a whole lot better than I do, says the teacher of Ecclesiastes. I'm from the Old Testament age. I'm from the days of shadows and symbols, when we just had a faint outline of salvation, when most of it was behind the curtain. We always knew God wasn't only a creator and judge, that he was also a savior. For God said that he'll save way back in the garden already. But we never knew how it would come about. How was God going to deliver us from sin's dominion and Satan's power? We never knew, says our Old Testament teacher, but you do. You've met the Christ. You're blessed to live in the New Testament age like you do. To know Jesus and his redemption, you know the whole story, that you can call God not only creator and judge and saviour, but also Father. You just know how in Christ God saves us from a meaningless life. Realize what you have, says our old teacher from across the centuries. You're young, yet already you know so much more than I do. To quote Jesus, 
Many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but did not see, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear. Matthew 13, verse 17. The gospel is a gift, so embrace it with all your might. Treasure it more than earthly treasures. Enjoy it more than the pleasures of this world. Yes, God is your God, so live that way. Don't be distanced from God or indifferent to God, but walk with this God, talk with this God. Call on him as your father, because you can. Depend on him as your saviour, because you can. Serve him as your Lord, because he is. And do so today. There was a time, the old teacher confesses, when I thought I was almost invincible. Nothing could get me down. I was young, wild and free. Now I won't recount everything that happened along the way. But things did happen. Things that began to convince me I was wasting my life. I've told you already what I found, that absolutely everything became meaningless, wearisome, a chasing after wind, work, wealth, pleasure, Position, planning, life itself, all was useless and empty. Now I'm old, and I'm going the way of all flesh, for my body is breaking down. The eyes are starting to grow dim. The hearing is starting to fade. You see these hands are starting to shake. My teeth are falling out, one by one, and even my bodily desires are beginning to subside. I know the days of trouble have come. Don't get me wrong, the teacher insists. I'm not a grumpy old man. Today I know that the peace that passes all understanding, but I want you to learn from me. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before those days of trouble come and the years approach when you'll say, I find no pleasure in them. Love and trust and serve God today, in the present, already now, in this moment. Being young is a special time. It's a time of enthusiasm and energy and adventure. In fact, some say that your youth is the time to live it up. For you're only young once, and you can always get serious later. Later, once the kids start coming, or once your name comes up for elder or deacon, or when you have the big decisions to make. And maybe that's how it'll go for some of God's children. They go through a wild time, then they settle down and they become the most devoted of believers. But why choose the winding path? Why put your soul in danger by forgetting God for a season? Why would you risk everything for a bit of fun, for human approval, for pleasure that passes with the moment? It doesn't make sense. It is not worth it because you might lose sight of what is truly important. So remember God in the present and do it now because this life is fragile and momentary. You might think you're strong and healthy and in control, but life is like a pitcher that can be shattered at the fountain. That is an old-fashioned image, but it's easy to understand. Say you've got a ceramic jug or a clay pitcher that you're filling at a well, but it's very heavy and your hands are wet, or you lose your balance and all of a sudden the pitcher hits the ground. In a split second, it's broken into a hundred pieces and it can't be fixed. It can happen so quickly. Your life can end just like that, on the highway or at work or at the ocean. And the question is, 
Will you have remembered God? Remember God in the present. Do it now, because the choices you make today will last you a lifetime. No, there is forgiveness for the sins of the youth, and God might forgive the time for making a U-turn, but the nature of sin is that it captivates. It can wrap its chains around us when we're young, and it can keep us enslaved. Sin always takes us further than we thought. What's more, it could be tomorrow that Christ returns. You know that he came once, so he'll also come again. And what will he find? Will he find faith on the earth? So remember God in the days of your youth. In these days, God has given us great and precious gifts. He's given us life in Christ. He's given us promises in his word. He's given us his spirit. These aren't things to waste, things to leave unloved and unused. For they tell us that we're precious in God's sight. He created us to love him, to honour him, and to enjoy him forever. We praise God our Father today, because we know that he's working among us by his Spirit. For there is faith, there is a desire to listen to the word and to be part of his people. There's a knowledge of the truth and a confidence that it's real. All very good, and now we must also remember... Remember who you are, God's precious child. Remember who God is, your maker, your saviour, your Lord. And keep remembering every day. Remember him when you are young. Remember him when you are middle-aged. And remember him even when you're old. Remember and believe. Amen. A sing from hymn 77, verse 1, 2, and 3.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your revealing word so that we can be instructed and taught how you desire us to live holy lives. Lord, we especially pray for the youth of our church. Being young is indeed a special time, a gift given from you. We acknowledge that we live in a world which is centred on self and pleasure, in a culture which prides itself on being woke, where whatever you want to be or identify as is acceptable. Our youth need you, Lord, and they need godly parents and other adults in their lives who share and show them the love of Christ by opening your word with them. Lord, whatever age we are, whether young or old, help us to remember our Creator. Give us hearts that are filled with adoration for you, so that what we busy ourselves with may align with your word. We pray too that you may keep watch over our families, keep them Christ-centred and bless the relationships between family members so our homes may be havens of joy and peace, reflecting the love you have for us. We can be thankful too, Lord, that this past week the school year could be completed. We pray that our children may enjoy their summer break and that the activities that they busy themselves with are wholesome. We bring before you too the individual needs of our congregation. This past week our brother Dick Pod had an accident where he seriously sliced his finger. We thank you for the medical care that he could receive, also surgery. And we pray that you may provide him with patience through the healing process. Lord, we also give thanks with our sister, Dini Spiker, who celebrated 85 years this past week. We thank you for her godly walk of life, and we pray that you may continue to use her life for your glory. Lord, we can also be thankful to you for the successful carols in the park. Lord, there were numerous community people there that attended, and we can be grateful for this. And Lord, will you work in their hearts that they may also have the desire to worship with you, to join us and to profess your name. And Lord, we know that you use us as your tools and we pray that you may work in their hearts with your Holy Spirit. We also pray for the elders and deacons in their midst within this congregation in their task and we encourage them that they will be diligent in their work and faithful in praying for the members under their care. Give them wisdom, we pray, when they have to admonish so that it may be done in love and to this end, we pray for those who are straying away from you. Lord, may you open their eyes in a way that they have no doubt that you exist. And may you give them an understanding of your grace that they may repent and turn back to you. We pray also for your continued blessing over the mission work that happens in Papua New Guinea. May the gospel go out and be planted within the hearts of those who hear it so that they may know true and eternal joy. Blessed to this end, the collection that we will have this morning, help us to be faithful stewards of what you give us so that we may be willingly, willing to contribute, knowing that the money that we earn belongs to you. We pray that you will help us as we go from here, encouraged by the gospel that we have heard today. And may we remember you, the creator, in whatever stage of life we are in. Remind us to fear your name and not rely on our own works. Help us to live our lives in thankful obedience and always be looking expectantly for your return. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. The offerings today are to be received for the support of the mission work in Papua New Guinea. And following this, we will 
in our closing song, hymn 66, verse 1, 2, and 3.
Lift up your hearts unto God, receive the blessing of the Lord and go in peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.